Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. Newton's Storage History by Landon Dyer at dadhacker.com. I joined the Newton Group in early June of 1992. I had been at Apple since 1987, working on tools and then a database engine in the Development Tools Group, but after a bunch of bad politics that I won't dwell upon, I wound up needing a new position pretty quickly. There's a good chance that the database in question was Apple's Silver Surfer, which later became Aceus Fourth Dimension, marketed by Guy Kawasaki and company after he left Apple. I managed to land a gig working on a device driver framework for the Newton. I arrived in Newton just as the group had decided to do Junior, the product that was to become the first Newton message pad. Up to that point, there were a bunch of people happily noodling away in Ralph, the object-oriented dialect of Scheme that the Newton tablet product was going to be based on. But the decision was made, over CES, I gather, to do Junior in C++ and what later would become Newton Script. When I arrived, there were a bunch of ex-Lisp hackers wandering the hallways, clutching C++ reference books, and looking unhappy. Really unhappy. The expensive tablet product, Senior, wasn't entirely shelved. They kept doing revisions of its plastic, but it was soft-pedaled and eventually died. I did a simple driver model for devices. In retrospect, probably too simple, and inherited a heap manager that I eventually made work pretty well. I worked on some early storage stuff with Tim Harrington, another engineer in the kernel group. At first, the store inside the Newton itself just kept objects in a heap in the Newton's battery-backed RAM. We also worked out a scheme for keeping heaps on removable PCMCIA RAM cards. But the problem was that the heaps had to be located at a particular virtual address to work. The virtual address of the card could vary depending on the slot you plugged the card into. We could have simply relocated the heap structures, but the problem remained that the power could fail, or the user could remove the card, in the middle of updating the data store, whereupon you'd lose all the data. Or worse, it would become flakily corrupt. We needed a storage system that was address independent and that would also survive restarts. The group was starting to realize that the Newton platform was way over budget on RAM. There was some neat work done by the kernel team to reduce the stack and other memory needed for threads, and I did some work in the heap managers to minimize virtual memory usage and fragmentation. But it was clear that we wouldn't have enough RAM to store as much user data as we would need to. Even reducing the application heap, we'd need another 128k or so to make people, <coughs> marketing, happy. So the hardware team added a single byte lane of RAM. This was a region of memory where every fourth byte was valid, and the agreement between the hardware folks and the OS team was that they could populate more lanes of bytes until they filled all four lanes, and it became just like the rest of RAM. This was easy for the hardware folks to do, just solder another chip on the board, but the heap-based store couldn't deal with byte lanes. We also had to support flash devices. 
the type of flash we plan to support could be read directly like RAM, but not written to without going through funny little state machine gyrations. Given the wacky byte lanes of RAM and the non-RAM nature of flash, it was clear we had a bunch of work to do on the storage layer. So I did that. The object store talked to the actual backing store through an abstraction, and the callers had no idea what kind of wacky stuff the store was going through in order to make things persistent. In fact, for the internal store of the original message pad, we used 128 kilobytes of byte lane memory plus another 64k of ordinary memory stolen from the rest of the system. The abstraction glued all this wacky memory together, and the Newton script world never knew the difference. But there were still windows where resets or power failures would cause the store to become corrupt. It wasn't crash-proof or reset-proof. We all knew this, and I'd done some thinking about putting a transaction system in, but none of us thought we had time to fix things before shipping. One afternoon, Michael Culbert, the Newton technologist, came into my office to discuss battery contact bounce. I had been nervous about the robustness of the storage system and had talked with him about it before, and now he confirmed my worst fears. Battery contact bounce is the jiggling of the power connectors when you toss a device onto a hard surface. The device can easily momentarily lose power and reset, and if the Newton was in the middle of a storage update, all the data would be lost. As I said, we had been talking about doing transactions in the stores for a while, and Michael finally had a good argument for why they were going to be critical. We have to do this, I said, or we're f***ed. I'll go tell Fian Gaston, the software manager of the Newton and the head of the division. Okay, it'll take a few weeks. I know. This was maybe four months before the product was scheduled to ship. The first thing I did was to leave work for a couple of hours to visit some bookstores I liked, buy a couple of CDs I'd been thinking of getting, and take a long walk. Then I came back that evening, closed the door to my office, and worked 18 to 20 hour days for the next five or six weeks. A couple of evenings into this effort, Gaston came into my office and tried some small talk. He wasn't very good at it. I was concentrating on the design of the transaction log at that point and really didn't want to be disturbed. Gaston said, Fi tells me you're the guy who's going to save the product. I guess so. All by yourself? You don't need any help? Not right now. Some things are not partitionable. I knew what I had to do, practically down to each subroutine to write. After Gaston left, I tracked down Fi and told her, No offense, but please tell Gaston not to come around to my office anymore. He makes me nervous. She did get some other folks on the team to help out on some pieces that I was able to partition and farm out, but for the most part, the things that had to be done simply couldn't be parceled out to other people. There just wasn't time to get them up to speed. Adding people to a late project makes it later. The only thing I remember clearly about the next couple of weeks was that I dreamed a whole lot about transaction systems. I stuck the changes into the system. I spent the two days prior to checking in 
talking myself hoarse, walking through the code with Greg Seitz, another kernel guy. I did my only all-nighter at Apple getting that build out, and I recall only a couple of bug fixes to it. The upshot of the transaction system was that you could do a bunch of updates to the objects on a store, crash in the middle, and recover everything prior to the update that crashed. It was pretty cool. Here's roughly how it worked. Imagine that you have a notepad entry with a bunch of text. The Newton script storage layer breaks up the notes into a bunch of small objects, including the text itself, plus some extra objects for searching. There are objects containing structures that allow the text to be quickly searched, and so on. Now say your original note was buy milk, and that you add bread too to it. What the Newton does is create a whole set of shadow objects, just like the old ones, but with your changes applied. Then, with a single write to a single byte somewhere in the store, the storage system commits your changes and then goes back and deletes the outdated objects. If the power fails before the commit point, the Newton just deletes the new objects and you haven't lost much work. You just have to remember to buy bread. If the power fails after the commit point, the Newton just ensures that all of the old objects have been gotten rid of, so it can reuse the space they take up. This sounds simple in principle, but in fact it's quite difficult to get correct. Additionally, the flash storage we were using had the amusing characteristic that bits could go bad, which is a little like having to design a car with an engine that might lose a gear or two and still have to maintain freeway speeds without the driver even noticing. Flash-based file systems in 1992 were kind of rocket science. The existing stuff from Microsoft had to be manually compacted, which, as you can well imagine, was a really awful pain in the rear. The Newton's Flash Store did all of this transparently, and in real time, too. During a technical presentation, we got some questions about this. I always assumed they were Microsofties. When do users have to compact the flashcards? You don't. It's all done for you. There was almost some refusal to believe this, and we got the question several times. That was fun. Nowadays, users just expect this stuff to work, but back then, all the existing flash file systems were pretty icky. It felt great to have something cool out there. After 1.0 shipped, we added large binary support. The idea was to use the virtual memory system of the Newton OS to dynamically page in modifiable binary objects that could be significantly larger than the amount of RAM in the system, for example, faxes. The first couple of cuts at this were pretty miserable until I had the idea of hooking the objects into the Newton script garbage collector. The idea was that a large binary not associated with a persistent slot would live in a kind of limbo. If it was garbage collected, it would be deleted, and if the system crashed before it was deleted, it would be cleaned up as part of the normal transaction undo phase. But if an object was persisted and had a large binary as a slot, the large binary would be kept alive. It took a while to do, but the result was a system with only 512k of RAM that could receive a multi-megabyte fax over a modem or work with bitmap images larger than main memory, or play sounds that were similarly large. 
There was a lot of great technology hidden away in the guts of Newton. I worked on some other pieces that were neat, but this is what I'm most happy about having shipped. It was a lot of fun to work on. The Newton was one of those projects I always felt it was a privilege to be a part of. Mm -hmm.